שבוע טוב and welcome everybody to 101.9 Chai FM where we sit and we learn Torah uh, with each other hopefully having a conversation engaging and just learning what our wonderful heritage is all about what the Torah God's wisdom is all about because by learning it we not only enrich our lives but it really gives us purpose it gives us meaning and uh, it gives us a sense of why we should wake up in the morning and engage in this big and beautiful world i hope that everybody had a good weekend it was of course tisha b'av the saddest day of the year the day where we hold a 24 hour fast which in fact tisha b'av fell on shabbat And as always, when it comes to Shabbat, it is considered the holiest day of the year, save of Yom Kippur. Um, and if anything falls on the holy day of Shabbat, we, of course, always uh, put off what has to happen on Shabbat. And so this year, we had a, a Tisha B'Av on the 10th of Av. We started our fast as Shabbat. left and uh, finished up last night. Well, with Tisha B'Av behind us, we are now looking, ladies, especially six weeks to Rosh Hashanah almost. Um, so it's time to start uh, getting out the invitation pads and uh, start working out on, on, on who we're having for the high holidays. But I want to take a step back and go back to what we've been learning, and that is from the book of Genesis, from the book of Bereshit. We started last week, chapter 2, and chapter 2, the first three verses talk about the Holy Shabbat. And we, we spoke somewhat about Shabbat, not in its entirety. I'd like to continue the conversation today. As always, I welcome your conversation. I welcome your questions, your, your comments. Um, our SMS line is 34519, and we're now on to using uh, this new innovation called Telegram. So anybody who is uh, you know, a fundi on, uh, <laughs> on electronics and knows how these things work, our Telegram number is 061-895-1019. 0618951019 join in the conversation any questions any comments anything that you want to talk about while i'm chatting away please f- feel free and and welcome what i'd like to do is pick up from last week um i'm going to read for you again just as a summary the first three verses of chapter 2 of Genesis, and um, as we explained last week, this actually f- um, becomes the paragraph that we, u- that we say when we make Kiddush on Friday night. It's the paragraph before our blessing, and it reads as follows, Vayichulu ha-shamayim v'ha-aretz v'cholz v'am, the heavens and the earth and everything in it and all the hosts were finished, Vayichal elokim v'yom ha-shvi'i melachto asherasah, Um, by the seventh day, God completed, completed everything he had done. Vaishbot bayom hashvi'i mikom melachto asherasa. And he rested on that day, or he abstained on that day from all the work which he did. And verse 3 reads, Vayivarech elokim et yom hashvi'i. And God blessed the seventh day. Vayikadeshoto. And he hallowed it. He sanctified it. Because on it he abstained from all his work which he had created to make. Very, very profound words, very, very um, 
words that give a, a give us a lot of meaning and explanation in to the Shabbat. And uh, I want to talk today about a concept we never touched last week, and that is the words Vaishbot Bayom Hashvi'i Mikol Melachto Asherasa, that God rested on the seventh day. Now, immediately if one starts to try to get an understanding of God, one knows that concepts such as tiredness and rest don't apply to God. They only obviously apply to man. And um, the question can be exacerbated even more by understanding that how did God create the world? It wasn't that he put on gumboots, you know, and he didn't uh, put on his work overalls and really got stuck into everything. We know that God created the world through words, through speaking. Okay, as we know, it says in Tehillim, with the word of God, Bidvar Hashem, Shamayim Nasu, that with the word of God, heavens were, were, were made. Okay, we know that God spoke. Let's just take a step back and understanding what, did, what does it mean that God spoke? Well, if you look carefully back at chapter one, at the various creations, you will notice that the expression Vayomer Hashem and God said happened ten times. And those those ten sayings, Asara Ma'amarot, the ten sayings, um, became the fundament, fun, fundamental blocks on which the world was created. As a praise, let's just let me repeat for you the times that we had the words Vayomer Hashem. The first time was Vayomer Hashem Yehi Or. God said, let there be light. That was in verse 3 of chapter 1. Then God said, Yehi Rakia, let there be firmament. That was verse 6. Then God said, let the waters be gathered. That was in verse 9. God said, let the earth grow grass. That's verse 11. Let there be, be lights. That's when he created the sun, the moon, and the stars. That's verse 14. Then he said, let the waters teem. That was the creation of the, 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 um, the fish and the flying and, and, and the birds. That is in verse 20. Then let the earth bring forth. That's when we're talking about the creation of the animal kingdom. That's verse 24. And then finally, Vayomer Hashem Nase Adam, let us make man. Sorry, not finally, that was number nine. And um, finally, God says, Vayomer after creation, because when we get to chapter two, we are going to revisit some parts of creation. If you look in chapter two, verse 18, which we will get to, um, God says, Lotov Adam Hiyot Levado. It is not good for man to stay alone. So those were the ten sayings that God created the world with. And so the question begs to be asked, what does it mean that God rested? He couldn't have been tired. Okay? He couldn't, he didn't need to rest like an ordinary man. And furthermore, we know that, um, God, God was only able to, God created everything just through verse. Okay, um, he didn't have to do much more. He didn't have to say, he didn't have to do much more other than to say, and the world created. So the Kabbalists go and teach that one of God's names, and very interestingly, it is the name that we have on the mezuzah, Shin Dalid Yud, and I'll pronounce it for educational purposes, though we don't use it just flippantly, Shadai, means that enough. And it says that when Friday evening came, the world was 
in a continual space of expansion all the time and construction. Once God gave the the verse, do this, let there be light, light continued to grow and become more and and extend in this world. And the, the everything in the world continued until God said, enough. Enough, for example, to the firmament stop, firmament expanding, and yet to say enough to absolutely everything, and that is what vaishbot by Yom Hashvi'i, that God rested, meaning that He told the entire creation to rest from the expansion that it was going through in the first six days. You're listening to Robertson Adol Kazilski. Welcome back, and. Uh, 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 SMS has just come through to learn Le'ilu Nishmas Yitzchak ben Herschel. May his neshama have an aliyah. We are learning about uh, the idea of Shabbat and how God rested on Shabbat. So the first concept we learned was that God, God's rest was that he required creation to stop its perpetual expansion, its continuation of growing and growing into something much, much bigger. So we don't really read, the verse doesn't say, and God rested on the seventh day. If you look at the the technicalities and the the dictuk, the grammar, it reads as God, uh, it, it reads that God asked the creation as a whole to rest on on, on the Shabbat. Um, and that's a very, very interesting concept because, by the way, um, the rabbis go and explain that why, going back to our first, you know, first uh, argument that we gave, that it was very easy for God to create. He created it with words. He just said, let there be, and there was. Why didn't God create it all in one shot? Why did he create it over with, with ten ma'amarot, with ten sayings? So the rabbis go and explain that the wicked may come back with an argument that they they don't need to be punished for destroying the world because you know what God just said one 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 thing one sentence and the whole world was created okay so big deal so if they destroy the world then God must just give a, another one sentence and God will create the world again what's the difference if they destroy the world with one word God could make another so the rabbis go and explain this is very much an, the mushal, the parable that is given is that as if God had, God's world was a very expensive vase. Okay. Now a person could go and say, you know what? God's a wealthy man. So we broke the one vase. He's got many others. But the reason why God created it in 10 sayings was to show how precious the world was. And so every time we as human beings come to destroy some part of God's world. We are just destroying something very, very precious and vice versa. All those that look after God's world and do what one needs in, God, in God's world is the fact that uh, is, is, teaches us, comes to teach us that God will give us ample reward for sustaining this world. One of the other interesting things is that we don't see any Vayomer Hashem's and God said on the day of Shabbat. It says God rested from all the work that he wanted to say. And this is a very, very powerful lesson for us because the rabbis teach us that on Shabbat, one should be very careful what one speaks about, what one says. In fact, we're told that Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai um, would not talk 
um, on the Shabbat because he wanted to keep the Shabbat holy. He wanted to mimic that God himself did not was not involved creatively in the world. And when Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai's mother would speak, he would just simply remind her very politely, today is the Shabbat, and then it says, whereupon she would desist. Now, one of the other interesting things we learn is that one of the places where we should not talk and we should be very careful, and this should be a rule across all seven days of the week, but particularly on Shabbat, and listen up because we are all guilty of this, is that one should not engage in idle conversation in shul. Okay, why? Because it says two angels accompany a person all the time, and they will lay their hands on the person's head. And if the person talks um, on Shabbat, the angels will say, this person has no portion in the God of Israel, and if he does so on the Shabbat, he is guilty of profaning the Shabbat. And so most of us um, visit the shul on Friday night, on Shabbat. This is a time for prayer. This is a time to ask Hashem for our needs. This is a time for us to build a relationship with God. It certainly, certainly is not a time to catch up on what has happened during the week and sit there and have a conversation about all sorts of things. And so we are taught from the word that God rested. One of the ways that he rested was by not creating. By God not creating means that he didn't say anything. And therefore the speech that we have, that we use on Shabbat should be of a much higher quality of important things. Definitely not lush and horror, definitely not idle gossip, and definitely that when we get to shul on Friday night and Shabbat mornings, Shabbat afternoons, when we are sitting in shul across the board, Monday to, to Sunday, but certainly on Shabbat, we should ensure that we are concentrating on that relationship. We are resting and you know, trying to build up the relationship we have to God. Just got a, a, an SMS in saying there is a fascinating reference in physics and in Genesis read the creation of light before the creation of the sun, the moon, the stars. Indeed there is um, and this certainly corroborates um, the biblical description of the creation of the world that in fact there was light before the sun, the moon and the stars. Um, if you go back in previous uh, podcast, you will see us discussing that, in fact, the, the sun, the moon, and stars were created on the fourth day, and, and there was definitely light before then. Thank you, um, Roger, from Johannesburg. So that is the first idea that I, that I wanted to bring out, the sanctity of speech on Shabbat and on the fact that it wasn't the fact that God had to rest on Shabbat, but rather he asked creation the way that the grammar is, is, is written is that he, he, cre he caused the creation to come to a rest, to come to a point where we can, where, where everybody can take a breather. Now, this idea, by the way, is a very interesting one because when you speak, when you speak to, to, to human beings about working and about doing things, we, we never, ever, ever stop and say it's enough. We always seem to have a constant source of of troubles, of woes. Okay, why? Because we're we're a goal orientated um, world. We're a goal orientated 
um, part of, 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 of humanity, we go from one thing to another. And the truth is, is that human beings by nature are never satisfied. They never contemplate. They never have the ability to sit down and evaluate. And the beauty and the gift of Shabbat is that we can stop. We can have time to evaluate our actions. We can choose to change our direction. So Shabbat comes and gives us the ability to take stock and to assess the spiritual content of our lives, to take a breather. And oh, so oh, how, how, how important it is, particularly in today's times where we are connected 24-7, even when we are sleeping. Um, that which is around us is forever being connected and, and, and there is no time to jump off this veritable, this, this vicious um, treadmill of running from one place to another, accomplishing one thing to another. Shabbat is the most beautiful gift um, ever given to humanity. Now, let's speak about um, the next verse, which is verse 3, where we see God does two things to the Shabbat. Vayivarech Elokim et Yom Hashvi'i, God blesses, um, the seventh day, Vayikadeshoto, and he sanctifies it. He makes it holy. Why? Because he rested from all his work that God created to make. So let's understand what does it mean that God blessed the Shabbat? What do you think it means when God blessed the Shabbat? If you have any ideas or any comments, 34519 is the SMS line. 061-895-1019 is our telegram number. So while I'm waiting for some people to maybe give some feedback as to what does it mean that God blesses, let me give you three blessings that our rabbis teach um, God granted on this day. The first blessing is as follows. We know that on Fridays, every Jew has more expenses than during the week. Why? Because we have to buy a lot of food. And this is the day that we get together with family, with friends. We make the meals and the food on Shabbat to be more tasty, more expensive, more beautiful, more opulent. And so it could be natural for anyone to go complain that the Shabbat is causing him harm in two ways. How? Firstly, he can say, listen, you make, you're obligating me to spend money for the Shabbat. You know, uh, on, on the weekday, I can eat something simple. I can go as simple as a meal of bread and cheese. Um, I don't have to switch on the electricity. I can sit by the light of the moon. Well, it seems in Joburg we're doing that in any event. But, you know, on Fridays, our rabbis have taught us that we need to show um, that Shabbat is a special day, a beautiful day, and we are obligated to buy meat. We have to have wine for Kiddush and Havdalah. We have to have at least two candles for Shabbat. And besides that, over and above that, we're not allowed to work on Shabbat. So first we have the additional expense of spending extra money on Shabbat. And we have the flip side that we are not allowed to do any business on Shabbat. We're not allowed to go out and earn any money on Shabbat. Okay. Um, so we could actually have, we could feel very uncomfortable about it. We're told, though, the rabbis teach us that Shabbat is such a holy day that it's forbidden to even think about one's business. 
okay, that one has to completely discount what has happened the entire week. In fact, part of speaking in a higher level on Shabbat means desisting from speaking about business, speaking about your competitors, speaking about what you can do, what the financial markets are doing, where it's best to invest. We don't talk about business or anything to do with the creative six days of the week. So the rabbis go and teach that Vayivarech Elohim et that God blessed the seventh day. The first blessing that God gave is that if no Jew will speak about his business and all will give honor to the Shabbat, God will grant him a double blessing. Meaning that anything, listen up here, anything that you have spent on Shabbat, any extra expense that you have earned on Shabbat, you will be repaid twofold back again. We know that on Rosh Hashanah, we are taught that the amount of food that each individual will receive is determined for the entire year. Okay, we know everything's examined, everything is decreed, and we are told so and so will make so much money this year and no more. However, it's written that the only thing excluded from this is the sum of the money spent on 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 Shabbat. This is so to speak written in a, like a, a separate ledger. And it's paid out according to the individual. So if you spend more than usual, then you are guaranteed that your money will be returned. Not only will you not have a loss from it, but God will profit in a way that a person would never anticipate it. And in fact, the Mishnah teaches us that. The Mishnah says the goings out of the Shabbat are two, which are four, which alludes to the fact that the money a person puts out or pays out for sanctifying and making the Shabbat special and holy is returned to him from heaven twofold. And this is not written in black and white. This is part of the test one has when one keeps Shabbat. It's a very, very difficult test sometimes where one has to close one's business doors, close one's mind from everything that is happening during the week and enter into a space of holiness, a space of tranquility, a space of connectedness to God and let go of everything. And the money spent to sanctify, to, to make holy, to make special the Shabbat, um, there is a promise that God will, 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 will pay us back. Okay. Um, at the same time, at the same time, there is a flip side of it that one shouldn't go and say, well, if God is going to pay for all my Shabbat meals and, um, you know, um, I'm guaranteed of that, I can go and spend as extravagantly as I wish. You know, I'll go buy things that are way beyond that which I can afford in order to make the Shabbat special. Our sages teach us, make your Shabbats like weekdays rather than depend on others, meaning it's not a mitzvah to go into unbelievable debt because of Shabbat. Um, you need to keep that which is special for the Shabbat. Um, if you cannot afford meat except for once a week, then keep that meat for Shabbat. If you're going to drink wine and you can only afford a bottle, then that is going to go for the Shabbat. We keep all the things that are special for the Shabbat. And there are many, many stories told of sages um, who 
who uh, who kept things for Shabbat. The, one of the famous ones that just comes to my mind now very quickly is the story of a uh, of a sage called Yosef Moikir Shabbos. Yosef, the man who loved Shabbos, it, it says that he would go into the market and if he found a beautiful fish on a Monday, he would say, no, I'm going to buy it, but I'm going to keep it for Shabbat. Um, and then on Wednesday, if he walked into the marketplace and he found an even better fish than the one he bought on Monday, he would keep that. He would eat the one from Monday and keep the one from Wednesday. And he was known as Yosef Moike Shabbat. He was a guy that would keep the best delicacies, the best food that was around for the Shabbat. And the story is told that there was a, a Gentile, um, I, I'm not sure if he was a landlord or a Gentile that lived in the area of Yosef Moike Shabbat. And he was told by his astronomers, his astrologers, that all his wealth, or he was going to lose all his wealth to a Jew called Yosef Moike Shabbat. And he got very, very nervous. So he sold up all his wealth and he bought one beautiful, um, precious jewel. And uh, he got that jewel sewn onto his hat, into his hat. And he said, I'm going to defy what the stars have to say. I'm going to keep all my possessions now in the form of that jewel right on my head, right where it belongs. And Yosef Moike Shabbos will not come anywhere near me. Anyway, the story is told that Erev Shabbat, he was walking past a river and a very strong wind came up and blew his hat that contained that jewel into the water. And the man got completely hysterical because now he just watched his entire fortune sink to the bottom of the riverbed. And uh, we're told that some fish came swimming by and the jewel got dislodged and a very big fish swallowed that jewel. There were fishermen on the river and it happened that that fish, which had now swallowed that jewel, um, was caught by the fishermen. But alas, it was pretty late into the afternoon when the fishermen came back um, to land. And uh, it was a fantastic catch for the fishermen. Um, it could take a very good price. But they knew now that all the Jews in the town had already prepared for Shabbat. It was Friday afternoon that there would be no one around now to buy um, their catch, particularly this this big fish. Um, and uh, they took it back to Marketplace where they were having a chat to the other merchants, and they said there's only one person who would buy such a beautiful fish for Shabbat, and that's Yosef Moiker Shabbos. Go to him. So off they went to Yosef's house, and of course he he, he you know he 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 stayed up to his name. He said absolutely, and he took what very little money he had left, and he now bought this beautiful fish to replace the one he had already for Shabbat. And uh, the story ends with Yosef Moiker Shabbos opening up the fish, seeing the jewel, and then becoming a very wealthy man. And uh, the lesson here is that that which you spend on Shabbat, you will get back manyfold. So don't be afraid. Um, it might not make sense logically, but I dare you, keep Shabbat, because when you do, you will see that you will be recompensated. You're listening to Robertson Adol Kazilski. Welcome back, and we're discussing the verse Vayivarach Elokim at Yom Ashvi, that God blessed the the seventh day, and we're discussing the blessings that God gave. And the first one we discussed quite extensively was the fact that God blesses 
the blessing of the seventh day is that we are able to shut out, shut the doors of our business, shut the doors of our mind in terms of being involved crea- uh, creatively in the world and um, by resting, by taking a step back to evaluate who we are, what we are, what our purpose is to enhance our relationship with God and with our family around us. God's blessing to us is that that which you spend on Shabbat um, before Shabbat, you will receive um, back twofold and the vice versa is the same. Anything that you think you're going to make on Shabbat, you will see that you'll have additional expenses coming through during the week that will, you'll end up um, having to spend on. The second blessing uh, the rabbis teach is that the food tastes better on Shabbat than on the weekdays. And there's some, there's some interesting stories. The Midrash relates that Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi, Rabbi Yehuda the prince, once invited the Emperor Antoninus. Now, just to give you a little bit of uh, historical background, Antoninus ruled in 161 to 180 CE in the Common Era. And so Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi invited Antoninus to dine with him on the Shabbat. And he served him cold foods. Why? Because we don't cook on Shabbat. Um, The Emperor, however, ate them with great relish. And after a while, uh, Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi invited him again, but this time it was on a weekday. And during the meal, Antoninus turned around to Rabbi Yehuda Anasi and said, I don't understand something. The first time I came, the food was cooked the previous day, and it was already cold. But you know what? It tasted better than today's food, which is warm and fresh. Why is that, Rabbi? To which Rabbi Yehuda replied, the reason is that this food lacks the special spice that was in the first food. Antoninus was quite surprised by that uh, reply and said, well, what's the spice? Could you not have bought it in time? Could you not have uh, sent it to my palace? Or you couldn't ask me to get you some? To which Rabbi Yehuda Nasi replied, the special spice is the spice called Shabbat. Food cooked in honor of Shabbos has a taste that no, that can in no way be duplicated. And that's the honest truth. If a person does not keep Shabbos properly, he can't taste the difference between Shabbos food and the rest of the week. Okay? And that is really um, what the blessing is. And honestly, it's true. If you cook something for, for Shabbat, it tastes way better, tastes much more, more delicious than if you cook it um, before. There's also a, another story that is told about a king who asked Rabbi Yehoshua ben Levi to explain why the Shabbos food had a better fragrance than on, on the weekday foods. Because when you come into a home era of Shabbos, you can smell, you can smell Shabbos. You can walk into the kitchen and say, mm, I can smell the fragrance of Shabbos. And, and it says here, the rabbi replied, we have a seasoning and its name is Shabbos. And that food gives um, a good fragrance. And when the king said, well, can I buy some of this fragrance? Rabbi Yehoshua replied to the king, if one keeps the Shabbos, the seasoning helps. But if one does not keep the Shabbos, it is of no benefit. So that is the second blessing, that all the food and um, all the things that we bring to the table on Shabbat are, have, have an extra blessing and we can taste it. It becomes part of the entire experience of Shabbat. The, first, the third blessing is a very, very interesting one, and this goes back now to the SMS where it says about the fascinating reference in physics and in Genesis about creation of light, 
we know that there was this light um, that was created, this primeval light created by God. And it was so intense, if you recall, that's what we learned, that it shone from one end of the universe to the other. And then God chose to put it away um, and store it only for the righteous in the world to come. Okay, that's what that we are taught. If you want a fuller explanation, please feel free to go back um, on earlier podcasts. But the rabbis teach that this light that was created in the first day wasn't put away immediately. What happened was that God allowed this light to function for 36 hours. The 12 hours of the sixth day, that was during the creation of man, and the 24 hours of that first Shabbat. And as soon as Adam sinned, God wished to remove this light, okay, but then he decided to put aside some just to leave it in the merit of Shabbat. Now, where is that light? How do we feel that light? So our rabbis teach that as we light candles on Erev Shabbat, we get either imbued with or we feel a revelation of what's called the Neshama Yetera, an extra soul. Okay, we receive an extra soul, whether it is that it's there all the time and we don't feel it, but it comes out on Shabbat or that it, it becomes part of us. Um, we have an extra soul, an extra ability to appreciate in a much greater measure spirituality and connectedness. And that light remains within us the entire Shabbat. That's why, by the way, on Shabbat morning, we say um, the prayer, Nishmat Kolchai Tevarech Et Shemcha. The soul of all life will bless your name. And we know that that light comes in and it illuminates who, who we are and what we are for that time. At the end of Shabbat, that light diminishes or leaves us. And what happens is, is that we kind of like feel a letdown when it comes to, uh, to, 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 to the end of Shabbat. And that is one of the reasons why we smell spices at the end of Shabbat in the prayer of the Havdalah. Havdalah is the prayer that we make where we separate being Shabbat and the weekdays. We light a light. We have the incense, the, the, the smell, um, the scent. Generally, it's cloves that we smell and we drink wine and we make hamavdil ben kodesh lechol. We make a difference between that which is sanctified, that which is blessed to the weekday, between or lechoshech, between light and darkness, between, between Shabbos and the six other days of the week. And we smell it because we know that when somebody um, misses something, or somebody gets a fright, one tends to swoon, one tends to lose consciousness. And so um, our rabbis teach us we are losing our neshama yatera. We are losing that light. And so that when that light disappears from us, we have to take a sniff. We have to smell the havdalah um, spices in order to revive us. So that is the third blessing that we receive by God. Vayivarech Elohim et Yom Hashvi. That's the third blessing. You're listening to Robertson Adol Kazilski. Welcome back. And today we primarily discussed why 
or what it meant that God rested on Shabbat and uh, came to the conclusion and understanding that it was the fact that creation um, was rested. It, the creative process was halted so that everybody could take a step back and be part of being as opposed to doing. Um, and then we discussed the three blessings of how God uh, blessed the world. There's one Another reason um, discussed later that the planet influencing the Shabbat is Saturn. And since Saturn has an adverse influence, God provided the Shabbat with a special blessing. And it says when a person keeps the Shabbat, he is safeguarded from all harm. And we know the famous saying, um, more than the Jews have kept the Shabbat, Shabbat has kept the Jews. And to end off, I think I have said this story before, but it, it bears retelling. There was a story told of a young woman who came to the United States during the war years or just maybe post to the war years when um, when uh, the immigrants were coming in from post-Holocaust uh, Europe and there was a young girl who, who came from a family that was observant and kept the Shabbat, and she was a seamstress. And uh, every week she found a job, and then on Friday she summarily would get fired because she refused to work on the Saturday. And this went on for a while, and one week um, came Friday afternoon, and she was told she was on shift the next day, and she refused to work. This time she had a, a, a tremendous a tug that how important it was that she brings home f food and money for the family and how difficult it was. Um, she was pretty exasperated, but nevertheless, she stuck to her, to her, uh, uh, beliefs and she told the guy she would not be returning back tomorrow for work and, uh, he summarily fired her and she came home quite despondent. Nevertheless, um, she joined her family in the keeping of Shabbat. When Shabbat went out that next night on Saturday night, they heard the horrific news that there was a terrible fire at the factory and most of the workers that had reported for work that Saturday had been burned to death. And she realized then how much Shabbat pays back for those that keep it. For more than the Jews have kept the Shabbat, the Shabbat have kept the Jews. And with that, I wish you all a wonderful week, a engaging week, a productive week, and uh, please God, when Friday rolls by, it's a special uh, weekend, it's Tuba Av, it is a, a festival where we go out and we celebrate now the connectedness of the Jewish people with God, and particularly with being focused on helping people find their prospective partners, their shidduchim. So maybe this Friday and Shabbat, commit to keeping Shabbat and make it even more special by inviting a whole lot of singles to your table. You never know. I wish you a blessed week and even a more blessed coming Shabbat.